0: Hello Dreamers, this is Janine and Stephanie and this is The Course of Course episode 67. Welcome back everyone. So Stephanie is joining us from a remote podcast somewhere in the world (laughs) and I'm here in Dallas and I think it's been about three weeks since we last talked to you. So I have had a lot of very interesting life experience I can't wait to share and I'm also fascinated Stephanie with of like what you're doing. I know that you're kind of getting back into nature. So looking forward to hearing about your experiences.
1: I look forward to hearing about yours. So why don't we start with you? All
0: right. But uh, I do want to talk. I have a few things, actually. My life has been quite interesting lately. Um, I know I've been talking in previous podcasts about kind of work situations. It seems to be a, a bit of an Achilles heel for me in terms of my learning. I always feel like I'm really great as a course student on Sunday and then Monday it all kind of goes to hell. So every time I go into work and I have these experiences, I have been consciously trying to figure out a better way as the course would say, or as you know, Helen and Bill said to each other, there's got to be another way. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is what happened. I work with a lot of different people in my office a few of them, I uh, talked a little about office hierarchy. Have a higher title than me, so that always introduces kind of a little bit of ego in the daily interactions with folks. Uh, a gentleman who has a higher title than than I do, um, he went on to a big conference call that I was on. There was probably 30 people, I'd say, on there. And everything's going fine, and we're having this conversation. We're almost done. And then he says, This, yeah, I have one more thing before we uh, end this call. Janine, I'm really not happy with what you're asking me and my team to do. I think it's out of line, and that's you don't understand what we're doing. Oh, yeah. So I, I had to take a deep breath. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, part of what I do is I aggregate a lot of data, I work in a data organization. Big data is a huge thing in major corporations, right? Everybody collects data. We, we use it to analyze our customers, that kind of thing. So um, I oversee 12 different teams. Those 12 different teams execute projects or whatever, and I aggregate all the data together. And then I have to report it up to the larger part of the company. Not a big deal. I mean, but the issue is I need all of those teams to provide their data in a certain database for me to be able to pull it. So everything is fine for 11 of the teams. This 12th team of this gentleman's, um, they were missing a massive amount of data. So what they don't know kind of behind the scenes is I was doing everything I could to get their information to a point that I could report it up to the company and they would get credit for their work even though they were missing a lot of the data. So I would have to, to use tools and skills actually to kind of discern what they're actually doing because I couldn't pull it directly out of the database. All right, that's kind of boring stuff. But anyway, um, it became clear that his team, and I think we all do this in some level when we're asked to do something we don't wanna do like mow the lawn or do the dishes or laundry or whatever. We come up with with some sort of projection like, I don't want to do that. You should have done it. You know what I mean? It it got to that level. So the folks on his team were, uh, were kind of complaining that they were asked to go back and put all their data in the database, which they should have done already. So I guess
1: contractors. No,
0: no. They're regular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I believe that they talked to him and complained a lot. And um, he used the forum with everybody there to kind of, you know, let's just say, put me in a place of learning. So I thought, okay, um, take a breath. What's really happening here? So I just calmly explained, "This is the situation. This is what we need. This is what I've been doing because it was really important for me to help you guys, even though we're missing the data." And then, like an angel, my boss's boss, this is actually the boss of the gentleman who was talking to me, stepped in and defended me immediately and said no you don't understand she's doing it because we have to do this stuff and I needed her to do it and I thought, okay I was able to finally turn something around with not without getting extraordinarily defensive about it or angry about it it actually shut him down completely I mean there was no more conversation after that the call ended the boss's boss said to me I am so sorry for that.'" If you ever have another issue like this, you come directly to me. You know you can always come to me. I thought, wow, look at that. I didn't get upset. I didn't get mad, and I didn't have a lot of hatred toward this gentleman. And I kind of felt a little rewarded, you know, like, well, maybe that was the right path. And now that I know that I can do this, it gave me a lot more confidence to be dealing with the other kind of more petty interpersonal struggles that I might've been having in the workplace. So that was a huge thing for me. I'm not saying that I'm over that hump, but it's like what the course would say. You just got to keep practicing. And it's nice when something happens we're like, you know what? I think I can do this. I might not be able to do it every time because my ego is always jumping in. And it was a little, how do I say this confronting when you have 30 people on a call and somebody's coming at you like that. I, step back after that and I thought okay how do I figure out a way to now that I've passed that the ego the kind of like quasi humiliation I might have felt previously just because somebody's coming after me 30 people and it's a little embarrassing all that kind of stuff how do I deal with him on a personal level so the next day he had emailed with the boss's boss on the email kind of like defending himself I guess And so I purposely replied back in a very Libra way. Here's the thing. Stephanie and I are both Libras. So for for me, I'm always thinking about how can I write something? And you taught me this, Stephanie, from Landmark. How do I write something in print that lands with that person in a loving way? Because it's very easy when you write something in an email. It's hard to get across emotion or, you know, intent because anybody can like, perceive it because it's just words on, on paper they're not hearing inflection or tone or anything so I, I wrote this kind of neutral you know like look it's okay I'm just here to help you it's all about making sure that your team is projected in the best possible light etc he then probably an hour later um, messaged me privately and said can you ever forgive me
1: oh interesting
0: and I thought wow can you, he used the word forgive me. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I should just forgive myself. I'm the one that created the whole thing. But thank you, sir, for mirroring back what I kind of needed to hear. So that, that was kind of the deal for me. So now we'll um, see how I can, I don't know, how I can build on that as I move forward.
1: Well, oh, it sounds like they're not doing what they've been hired to do and they don't want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, then they shouldn't be there. Or if it's because they don't know how to do it, maybe you can help them learn how to do their requirements so that they can actually fulfill them. Like it's just sure. like there's something missing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but for me in my very, um, unique and selfish way, uh, it was more of an exercise to understand that I have nothing to do with anybody else. And I created a situation. Sure. So, um, you know, for that, I am grateful. Every tiny step helps because I have explained my work environment previously. It's It feels like a cauldron, you know, it, like there's old witches. They're stirring the pot and it's like that bubbly hot liquid in there. It kind of feels that way sometimes. So, you know, it's nice to be able to like get out of that cauldron for at least one incident. So hopefully I can move forward and. And transform them.
1: It's beautiful that you were able to stay neutral and that your superior actually backed you up and helped the other team understand that what you're asking for is very reasonable and you just need them to do their job
0: yeah I mean in a way I felt like okay Janine you created this guy to come at you and have that adversity and you also created your boss's boss to defend you and support you and I thought I created both ends of that spectrum so I did it for a reason and at least for me I did it just to show myself that I can do it
1: beautiful I wonder if going to lunch with him would also create more healing to let him know like you're there to help him you're on his team he's on
0: your team like we're a team yeah that'd be good but he's in a different city so he's Oh. he's not in my office
1: maybe you could do a virtual lunch date and you could just talk through the skype or something maybe or the you zoom you could just
0: eat our lunch while we watch each other eat our lunch. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Pull> and talk <laughs> yeah that's that's great yeah yeah i thought so all right so share with us the uh the fun you're having right now
1: Okay, well, I drove for three days nonstop to Canada, and I'm on a remote island. I actually stopped in Ashland, Oregon, and got to see Giddy Up Mike, one of our favorite course friends, who wrote, dude, where's your Jesus fish?
0: We love Mikey.
1: And we uh, sat outside by the river and had dinner at the Greenleaf Cafe, and we walked around the gardens, and it was just a really beautiful night, and it was really good to see him. And then I uh, drove to Bellingham, Washington, and then I drove into Canada and took a bunch of ferries. It's my first time driving. And when I got to the place I was going to, there was mouse poop everywhere, like in the bed, um, just like Everywhere. And there had been some construction over the winter, and I guess that they had made some repairs and forgot to fill the holes or something like with the plumbing under the sinks. So I'll have to get to that later. But I was able to, you know, spend the last week just doing massive cleaning. There was an insect outbreak with some kind of wooden table in the back room. They weren't termites, but maybe some kind of wood beetle. And maybe because it's warmer in the summer, that they decided to hatch. So I needed to get help to get the table out of the room. And um, it's just nature, you know. It's just just uh, maintaining a cabin, um, which I'm grateful to be here uh, for uh, two to three months. I hope it, it was weird because when we were in Boston at the conference, of course, the Miracles conference. One of my old friends where I used to live at a spiritual community eco village offered me a job to come be their operations manager to start a humanitarian network with some vital aid centers for people in need for food, housing, medical, maybe some job skill training, which I'm still very interested in doing that. But she's got to get all the funding together. So she's fundraising that and she was hoping I could come in August which was just kind of bumping into my plan of being here in Canada for the summer to garden. So once I got here and once I kind of got through all the bug stuff, I thought, you know what, it takes, you know, 30 to 60 days for most vegetables just to mature. And I think I'm going to stick to my original plan and, and leave later. And if they need me to fly out for a meeting or something, I could always do that but I haven't heard from her. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of letting it go. And I also had applied for a bunch of positions with the discovery network since my dream job of working in gardens and organic cooking, you know, TV shows that I've been pitching for 20, 25 years to national geographic, uh, the home and garden channel. I said, I want to put the G back into HGTV since they haven't had any garden shows and since like 2001, and um, Discovery's doing a deal now with Chip and Joanna where they're getting their own channel. So I had wrote to them and they responded to me, which was awesome last uh, November. And they said that we'd keep me in mind as everything unfolded, but they haven't been posting any positions at Magnolia to work on this new TV channel. Everything's been through Discovery. So I've applied for six positions there. They're still open. It's been since the middle of May. I don't know when they're going to close them and actually start contacting people. But now that, I don't know, I just, entertainment is such a nightmare. I just feel like I'm done. I'm so done with being on that hamster wheel I was just thinking this morning about my whole life has just been one big to-do list and I just need some space and that's one of the reasons why I'm here in Canada is to just have some space to be able to reflect and slow down and meditate and observe um, I just did a bunch of nature practices it was the summer solstice on Friday so I c- Tuned in with nature and kind of aligned my own personal life journey with nature and feel like together we could really be a force along with, you know, Holy Spirit Jesus always because I feel like I am the light of the world. It is my only function and that is why I'm here. And I feel like nature and the course could be natural expressions that resonate with me to be able to maybe make a living and share my journey and and just kind of see what unfolds so I tuned in again and and got a garden plot plan and I've decided to I've already started planting and I'll plant some more today and some more on Monday so I don't know where it's all gonna go I'm I'm testing every day my flower essences I'm really into peralandra and finhorn and Working with nature spirits and devas and the White Brotherhood and the overlying Devi of healing and just just kind of like healing my mind. I know it's maybe magical, but it, it works for me. <laughs> I just want to see how things unfold. And then in addition, I've been working with Maria Felipe, who I adore, and Jackie Laura Jones. And then Cindy Renard just sent me a, a blast about the Uh, Foundation for Inner Peace is looking for a social media coordinator, so I've applied for that, and if there's a way I can make all that kind of cover my expenses, that just feels right to me right now versus moving to Knoxville, Tennessee, or Waco, Texas to work in entertainment, or um, getting just like a regular entertainment job again based in Los Angeles. I don't know. I'm just uh, spiritual trust is what is coming up for me in lots of levels. all going to work out. You know how the parents kind of project their own stuff. Like you have to have a 401k to retire and you have to have a regular
0: job with medical insurance. And well, Personally, I'm so impressed with your creating your life with no constraints. You were working many, many hours at, you know, a typical nine to five job, although it was much longer than nine to five. And sometimes we get lost in that. Like you were saying, our parents are from a generation that feels like they already know the blueprint and you have to follow the blueprint. And that's get a a job at a company, work nine to five, get a 401k and retirement, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is that's their projection. We can all create our career path and our reality because we own our experience. No one else can own it. So we might buy into the whole idea of, well, it's easier to get a nine to five job. Therefore, I don't have to worry about whatever. But it's just so impressive that you have done this. You are really knee deep into the course on a a daily basis how fantastic that you're able to support yourself and be working with some really amazing course leaders and teachers and you yourself becoming one is I'm just so impressed and in, in, in awe of you.
1: Thank you. Um, I feel like, you know, corporations aren't really out to protect employees. You know, they took away my 401k. They took, Away my medical, even though I was working for a major company. So it, the dynamics have shifted in the world, and what used to be isn't necessarily true anymore. So it's like, yeah, how can I make it work based off of how the world is today versus how it was 50 years ago when our parents were coming up? And having spiritual trust, even though I don't know how it's all going to turn out, if um, just letting go. Like yeah okay so I might be eighty <laughs> and I might not have a whole lot of savings but somehow it will always work out you know I can live simply and I think that's one thing I've learned about myself is it it doesn't take much.
0: I like you were talking about um, spiritual trust and letting go. I have been going through I don't know a a, a small minor thing. My sisters who I love very much are in a kind of living situation that. I would truly like to help change for them for the better. And also there is clearly an ulterior motive for me. I would like them to be a little closer to my father, our father, who is getting older. And it'd just be nice if family lived a little closer to him, that they can stop in and see how he's doing and that kind of thing. So I've been wanting to purchase a condo in the complex where my father lives. It's not a retirement community. It's literally just a condominium complex. Um, and it's not too far from where my sisters are currently living, but this way, if I own the condo, then they, you know, their landlord essentially is me and I wouldn't charge very much rent and it would work out because sometimes I do worry about my dad and I would just love to have them a little closer to him. So he feels like he can make a phone call. Hey, I need your help. And somebody could be right there. So the complex itself I wouldn't call it like the most amazing complex, but it's, it's nice. And every time a condo came onto the market, it was sold almost immediately. It was very hard to get something. So I happened to be visiting my dad last weekend in Cincinnati and all of a sudden that condo came open, which is interesting because this is probably two hours after I kind of went inside, did a little meditation and requested, um, you know, Jesus work through me if there's a condo that's available that would make sense for involved. And then two hours later, I get this email. So I thought, oh, uh, all right. So this is me practicing or trying to practice, you know, going ahead with intention, but also letting go of expectation or attachment. So I just went ahead. Honestly, this was probably impetuous, but whatever. And I said, look, I want this. What it, you know, Is it going on the market? Has anybody purchased it yet? Is it pending sale? And the real estate agent said, no, it's available right now. I'm like, can you find out how much the seller wants? I will go ahead and put in an offer. So I didn't even look at it. I just looked at pictures. And those of you who understand real estate, I get it's not the best way to do it. But I just felt like I was, you know, I felt motivated. So went ahead and put the, the offer down. And now I'm in the part the financing part, right? The offer was accepted. The seller's like, okay, fine. And now I'm going through all of the mortgage process, which again, those of you who have gone through this is, uh, it can be time consuming. There's a lot of paperwork. So right now it's just a matter of not being too attached to it because I kind of feel like I would really like it for them. But now I'm sort of understanding through the course that like, this is my um, manifestation of what I see that should be happening. I don't know what else is going on or if there's any other kind of like unresolved guilt that might come up in some odd way, which is another reason why I'm trying not to get too attached. But I'm finding it interesting that the players in this scenario, which is my father and my two sisters, are having different reactions to the whole thing. And I'm just sitting back, going, huh? You know, I just thought I was, you know, gonna get a condo. So, I will update people as I move forward in this experience, but the big thing for me right now is just not getting too attached to it. If it falls through, it falls through.
1: And if you get it and they don't want to live there, then you can rent
0: it to someone else. Right. So there's, there's a number of, outcomes I suppose and my thing is whatever happens happens when I've gone through real estate purchases I've done it a few times now and I remember just feeling so attached to them like oh my god I have to get this and the anxiety I was feeling about the financial mortgage stuff and you know and, and on this one I kind of feel like if it's meant to be it's going to happen what is the point of sweating over it all I can do is provide the information they've requested and sit back so in some ways, it feels kind of relaxing, whereas the first time, first two times I went through it, I didn't feel that way at all. So we'll see. Um, like I said, it may happen. It may not happen. Should be fascinating to watch this one unfold.
1: Probably, too, as one, you know, repeats things, they get a little more confident because they understand. And and so it gives you a little power now to Like you said, just be able to relax and just let it unfold either way it goes.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because I've had experience. It's funny how experience works with the ego, right? So the more we have experience, the more we kind of relax a little and think, oh, I've done this before. You have confidence and that kind of thing. When you're doing something for the first time, you don't have that confidence. So I think sometimes we kind of, you know, walk over into the fear side. I do that even on the smallest of levels. Like if I have to go to some external building to have a meeting, and I don't know where to park or whatever. I feel like this little tinge of fear, like, Oh, I got to go early. So I know where to park and I know how to get in the building. You know? And I thought, why is my ego going there? Does it really matter? I'll figure it out. You know, like I immediately go to this fear thing, even though it's not a big one, it's just a small one, but I had talked about this before in podcasts that it is a behavior pattern with me that I'm trying to ar- arrest as I move forward. So hopefully these kind of m- even minor fear reactions start dissipating over time.
1: I've been having some fears come up since I've been here. Um, you know, I had a fear, which I've expressed before on the podcast in the early episodes of our, lawn, our uh, basement of my apartment complex in Santa Monica because there's so many homeless people around. If like somebody kind of kidnapping me in some horrible scenario unfolding. Well, luckily, you know, that's been healed in my mind, but that same kind of fear has now resurfaced that I'm here all alone. So it's really interesting to notice that I thought it was cured or healed, and yet it's coming up again. So you know, I don't know if it's just more unconscious guilt coming up on like the layers of the onion, but, um, you know, I saw a man walking on the point at 10 30 at night. Cause it's so bright here. The sun doesn't go down to almost 11 and it's up at oh, like three 45 in the morning. So I have been having a hard time sleeping. I finally got some of those airplane little goggles to block out the light and I was speaking to my mother this morning and she said she always sleeps with those on because it's so bright here. So I was like, oh, OK, good. There's like I'm not being weird or fussy. It's just how it is. The moon was so glorious, just reflecting off the ocean and shining into the bedroom. But it was like daytime in the middle of the night. Not a complaint, but just like ah, different. It's just different. Like because I've only been allowed to be here every year for a week. And now I'm here for longer and I'm here all by myself. You know, when I see a guy in a canoe that looks like he's homeless, that's camping in the woods, you know, do a drive by the house, my mind starts to go when it's midnight and I start to hear sounds outside. So, you know, it's dreamy to be able to sleep with the door open and hear the ocean waves. But if I'm afraid that someone's going to come through the door, then that's just crazy. It just takes me off. So, a couple things. One, uh, my friend's going into town today and he's going to get me some little locks so I can put them on the base of the window and the door so I can sleep with them open but not have them too open where someone could come in. So that's going to give me a lot of security and I think I'll totally be able to relax again, which would be great. You know, the daytimes are awesome. It's just that nighttime when it, it finally gets dark And then the other thing I was thinking about was um, Corinne's book, From Anxiety to Love, A Radical New Approach for Letting Go of Fear and Finding Lasting Peace. Corinne Zupko, I highly recommend her book. Um, I've I've got the audio and I have the printed version and I want to go in there and do some of those exercises. So she talks about tuning in with our inner therapist, which is kind of like... uh, Holy Spirit or Jesus, which I'm a little more familiar with, but I like the inner therapist because it feels like I'm going to therapy (laughs) and I'm getting help. So I woke up this morning and screaming from a nightmare. I don't even know what was going on in the nightmare. I just woke myself up. Um, I feel like I am moving through things. Uh, You know, I think the flower essences and And working with my MAP team, like I'm definitely moving stuff and I just want to keep healing. And I was thinking about my childhood because Corinne talks about when she was two, her mother went to the hospital and she, you know, as a two-year-old, just kind of thought her mom was never going to come back. So she had these screaming attacks, panic attacks. And when I was young, my father died. And I remember being in school having panic attacks and screaming and I didn't really put it together until I heard her book of what it was. So in August, Maria is going to be offering for the first time an eight week online program of healing your inner child. And I kind of feel like as a kid, there came a point where I had to be an adult at such a young age because my mom had two children, three years and three months, and no husband. Now, granted, she ended up marrying his best friend, who became my father, that I always refer to as my dad because he's the one who raised me. Um, They were best friends, which was cool that they all got together in the end. But um, I guess growing up in an alcoholic, bipolar, you know, a little bit schizophrenic kind of household, with four kids, I just, and I was the oldest, I, I, and my parents worked a lot, that I was the one cleaning all the time and was held responsible for the kids. So if something happened, I got punished by my by my dad, even though I wasn't the one doing the activity. And I think that in August, even even though I kind of feel like, oh, I'm a grown-up, you know, whatever happened as a kid, like, get over it, move on. That's how I've always been that there's probably some stuff there for me to look at in Maria's class. And it's, I think being a child is something that I, you know, like I didn't want to have kids. It may have something to do with that whole reason that there's probably some, some fears there that I'm going to be able to hopefully heal and and take a look at.
0: That's fantastic. When is her um, inner child course going to begin?
1: It's on August 1st on Thursday nights for eight weeks. And if anyone's listening, I'm sure it's going to be great. It's all based in A Course in Miracles through the Pathways of Light, which is the official Course in Miracles uh, ministerial program for anyone who has ever thought that they might want to get into counseling, be a minister, reverend, speak at Unity Churches like she does. Pathways of Light is a really awesome organization. And she talks about, you know, how 12 step programs, people go to the programs and they have a sponsor. So she's, she's saying that we're all egoaholics and we too need to have appointments with our sponsor. This is the Holy Spirit. Right. It's kind of like our inner therapist. So I just like the beautiful synergy of everything coming together and all the healing that's going on.
0: So, where would someone? find information to go ahead and sign up for that course.
1: Um, thank you. Probably. Um, yeah. Maria is our website and we'll be, you can sign up for her email list and we'll be sending out email blasts about announcing the class. We haven't, we haven't officially posted it yet, but it's, it's, it's going to be through Crowdcast, which is where we do the live your happy nine week program, which we are going to do this healing inner child class instead this year. And she's also going to Mexico in October. So if there's any listeners in the Spanish countries, um, you could reach out to us on our Facebook page because Maria will be in Mexico, in various towns. I don't know exactly the tour uh, cities, but she'll be there from October 23rd through the end of October.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I do want to talk a little about fear because you were talking about being a little afraid and maybe getting some locks and, offline we were talking a little about nightmares and how fascinating they are because they're so triggering and you know we wake up in a fright but yet we tend to forget <laughs> what it was that was our you know our nightmare when i was prepping for this podcast today i was sort of rereading a book uh tom carpenter book it's not the one that we had discussed previously that was more of a question and answer with god i uh, with jesus but the miracle of real forgiveness is the name of the book and carpenter, Basically, kind of weaves more of a narrative, not so much a question and answer, and also brings in Course in Miracles. But I think it's interesting that you were bringing up the fear thing. And there's a little anecdote, if you don't mind, I'd like to read that I think is timely. So Tom Carpenter and his wife, um, you know, they have been out in the Course community and they've been having, you know, get togethers. And this is what he said from the book. He said several years ago, we were doing a gathering in New York City where we'd also done one the previous year. During the first gathering, we had spoken of this dance we do, both in our close relationships and our casual ones as well. We looked at how each of us accommodates the other's beliefs and fears in an unconscious yet very direct way. We focus on how we can open our minds to joining by consciously choosing to see the face of Christ and communicating this instead. The following year, a young nurse told a story of how she worked the late shift at a local hospital, taking a nearly deserted subway home. She said she was always terrified, knowing one day she would be attacked. One night, her worst fear seemed to be realized. There was only one person, a man, sharing the subway car she was in, and she was sure he was staring at her. She said that somehow through her panic, she remembered our gathering and what we had spoken of, And that despite her fear, she really did want to see this man differently and asked for help to do so. As she exited the train, he followed and she found herself, as she described it, turning to him and saying how frightened she was of being attacked. And would he mind walking with her the short distance to her home? Wow. Wow. She said they chatted only briefly the way strangers do but she soon no longer felt threatened as she walked up the steps to her door. She felt guilty. She had mentally accused him and thanked him and then confessed that she first had the thought it was going to be him that would attack her. She said he looked at her for several moments, a rather puzzled expression on his face shrugged sight slightly, smiled and softly said, I was then walked away.
1: Oh, my God. That just gave me the
0: chills. (laughs) Wasn't that an amazing story? I was like, oh, my goodness. It just shows you how in our minds, if we change the narrative, if we figure out how to see Christ in every situation, the fear dissipates. Wow. Yeah.
1: That is really powerful.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too. But it goes back to we all exist in fear, third dimension, our life in our bodies. It's all fear. We're afraid of everything right? Because our ego is always saying, don't do that. Don't do this. We're watching movies that are like scary movies or we're constantly, oh no, I don't want this to happen to my body because we believe our bodies are real. It's this constant wheel of fear. So whenever we can find, like you were talking about Corinne Zupko and her book. From Anxiety to Love. From Anxiety to Love. So it's those gifts that authors give to us that we can take advantage of and learn more about kind of transforming our fear into strength and love.
1: Thank you for that. That was really resonated heavy with me. Um, She has, she said something about how we hold our mind. The world is either going to show up as a witness to that fear or as a witness for the love. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, that gal connected with her loving part. Yeah. Wow.
0: Because so that guy didn't exist. That was her projection. So when you're going through fear, you know, in the cabin stuff, it's your projection. So it's like, OK, what is it that I'm afraid of that I'm projecting as something else? You know, so how can I find love instead of fear?
1: It makes me think of those poltergeists when you were doing your career as a ghostbuster.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, that those things moving around were because the children were upset and it was their own fear making that happen.
0: Isn't that amazing? Um, For those of you, I know I talked about this a long time ago in the podcast, but I used to be um, an academic parapsychologist, meaning I was paid by university to study the paranormal. So that's ESP, psychokinesis, ghosts, all that kind of stuff. It was fascinating then, but now I realize it literally was nothing. (laughs) It literally was vapor. but. Now that I understand the course and if it's real and all that kind of stuff, it's a really, really good and relevant point, Stephanie, that at least when you we were talking about psychokinesis, uh, poltergeist activity, it's really coming from the person. It's not some out, out apart from us experience. However, there is a number of shows on TV where they actually go to like haunted places and they record stuff. And people are like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of evil in that place. And I now I'm to the point where I just laugh about it. Not that I'm laughing at them, I just feel like they are all buying into that projection of fear. That's all just one big fear thing. And that's fine if it's entertaining. But <laughs> having been like in that world of the paranormal and now kind of understanding the world of a course in miracles, I just I find it charming. <laughs> It's charming and, you know, interesting. And I'm glad I did it because it really helped me put some basis of science and fact, quote, unquote, which now I just laugh at because the only fact really is that we are one with God. That is it. Yeah. That is the only truth. My uh, significant other talks a lot about science. Well, that's science. You, you can't argue against that. I'm like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> be like, well, that's just a fact. I'm like, well, it's not really a fact. It's a fact because a bunch of people agree, yes, this is a fact, because your yardstick is something in the physical world. My yardstick doesn't exist in the physical world. So it's really frustrating. We we do this as course students. We interact all the time, obviously, with non-course students. And that's also an interesting dance to figure out how to get yourself across so you don't sound completely cuckoo. But, you know, understanding and respecting their view of, you know, what's going on in their world and, and who they are. It's like, don't preach at somebody. That's not that judgment is terrible. You know, I can't say that what I believe is is better or worse than what they believe because they are me. And we have to keep remembering that when we have these these disagreements with with other, you know, truth seekers, so to speak, we're, we're all just. God. And we're just um, basically projecting all over each other. I definitely want to keep working
1: and heal because I don't want to stay in working because that's not fun. But there's definitely something coming up with me with the power of men over women. Mm -hmm. Um, The corporate thing I get like I got passed up all the time and I saw men getting paid oodles of money and had never hold a film camera. been in an edit bay like I saw all kinds of stuff and even in the music business when I used to work in that I saw all kinds of stuff but I think it's that it's something about sexuality and being violated and I don't know if it's a parallel life that uh, I know it's all happening at once but this has been an ongoing theme for me and something around um, abandonment you know with the father dying I mean it was all part of the script but I've, I've, I've noticed that people that used to be my friends, I really feel like I kind of don't have that many friends right now. Like, they've kind of fallen away. And part of that has been, I believe, my own choice. Um, you know, my Cindy, my Anita, you, you guys are my closest besties. But a lot of the other people are just, um, you know, it takes something to keep friendships going, it's like, what is friendships? Are they important? Do they serve you? Um, I don't know. Just feeling a little bit al- alone, but by design. Like I want to be alone because I need. I feel like I need space to think and to and to just be and to like have some insights come and s- some space to be able to do some inner work, which I'm I'm looking forward to doing now that I'm starting to settle. It's just been eleven days. That I've been here on the island. And now that the cabin <laughs> is under um, some kind of peaceful condition with all the bugs inside and everything, I feel like now I can kind of get to work. But, you know, when I read headlines about Sudan with an uprising of people and then how all the men came in and kidnapped all the women and, you know, brutally raped them as a way of controlling the population because they felt like it was the women who were inspiring and uprising the population for freedom. You know, it's like, that's a witness to my fear, that kind of story. And I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to keep giving it over to my inner therapist.
0: One more thing from my good friend, Tom Carpenter. This is what he says. He said, pick someone you have a conflict with, someone you tend to avoid if you're uncomfortable in their presence. The next time you have the opportunity to be with them, sit down beforehand and decide if you're ready to love them. If you feel no resistance, affirm that this is what you want. Then ask your God self to show you how to let it happen and watch the outcome unfold. If you have been honest in your desire, they will know it. And because being loved is a desire we all share, that is what will happen. And I thought, oh, my, pick someone you have a conflict with someone you tend to avoid and sit down and see if you have decided if you are ready to love them. I immediately thought of an old boss, a woman boss that I've kind of made a monster. And I thought, it's a really good question. Am I ready to love her? Because I'm keeping the animosity alive. I'm sure she doesn't even remember my name. (laughs) You know, it's me. So, what is it? And why can't I let that? Why can't I love her? That is my decision to not love her. It's not hers. They say just a little willingness. That's all it takes. Right. Yeah. So now I'm kind of working through well, why haven't I had willingness? Like, what is it about my ego that wants to dig my heels in and be like, no. I want to hate you because you're a terrible person, like a child. Right?
1: It just keeps us separate, and that's what the ego is designed to do, and it just is displayed all over the place. I mean, I was thinking even the other day of just how ridiculous this all seems. Like, it seems so real,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: walls, the floor, the air, the ocean, the body. And yet none of it is real, but it seems so real. And just to think that it's one mind split in this crazy nightmare, sometimes it's just overwhelming.
0: Well, it's layers upon layers. You had a nightmare within a nightmare. So you dreamt something that terrified you enough. You felt that it was real enough that you had emotional reaction to it. And then you woke up into this nightmare, which is just as unfortunate, you know.
1: There's oftentimes I just imagine myself at the end of time standing there with Holy Spirit on one side, Jay on the other. And I'm just like, we are just looking at the picture and I'm just praying for healing. Please, please help me heal all this. This crazy fragmented big bang. It's like being back home. Yeah. And perfect oneness. Thank
0: goodness for the course. Well, it has definitely changed our lives. I mean, it's rocked our worlds, you know. Thank goodness for disappearance of the universe. That was our gateway drug. That one was the one that broke us open, I think.
1: I wanted to say something about study groups. When I went to the Boston Conference, uh, Jennifer Hadley had the introduction early on a Thursday afternoon. And her goal is to have Course in Miracles study groups 24-7 around the world. So, if anyone is ever thinking about one to two people gathering, three people, she's got a website where you can post your study group. Also, the Foundation for Inner Peace has a really good tool on there where you can find study groups. But I think study groups, you know, for some, you know, I've been to some that I didn't like so much. And then I really like Jackie's study group in Los Angeles. So it just depends and it's okay to, to try different ones. But I think um, just just starting one, just to have a conversation with other people to help understand it, it, it could be very supportive for people. So I'd like to encourage people to consider starting a study group if you don't have one near you. And you can do them on the internet now. Like Maureen Maldoon is doing her 365-day study group starting on July 1st, which you can find on her website, Maureen Muldoon. Her last name's M-U-L-D-O-O-N. And she's also one of my favorite course teachers.
0: So I think one of the ones that I have, not just Corinne Zipko, but I really want to get more into Maureen Muldoon's work. These ladies, man, they are really kicking it. They're doing such a great job and a great service to the community itself.
1: I love Maureen's creativity. She's very expressed, whether it's a poet or a one-woman performer telling a story that's making a difference because it's moving the conversation, like, towards transgender, uh, just allowing and understanding. And maybe it's hard for parents to get that their kid is having an internal conflict. I mean, no one chooses to be gay or to be a transgender. It just... It's just who you are, like who we are when we're born and, and for people to hate people over it just is so unnerving. So I love the work that Maureen is doing through her, um, she has like a speakeasy where people can come sing and she's just being very creatively expressed. And I love that
0: expression of that. Yeah. I also we, we are so fortunate that we can take advantage of the gifts and the content that these people are producing. Like Marie, um, Maria produces an amazing amount of content and anybody can access this. It's also a great time to be a course student because, you know, the Internet allows us at our fingertips to, you know, when we need it. It's right there for us, that information.
1: In fact, a uh, new program, Patreon. Um Jackie Laura Jones has a monthly subscription for 11 bucks where you can get a one hour online class every week or once a month. And Gary and Cindy have teamed up and they have like 300 people in their group and they do it twice a month. And that one is $30 a month. But to be able to be taught by these teachers who were part of Jesus's group that have come back into this lifetime like there's no doubt that we all came back together now to heal the world and our mind once and for all like i i'm really in it to win it in this lifetime as i know you are too and i'm so grateful that we're best friends on this path together because without you i wouldn't have anyone else close that understands the course so thank you
0: well, me too. Can you imagine if Socrates um, provided classes online? Who wouldn't want to be with Socrates, right? Heck yeah, I'll pay $11 and I'll listen to Socrates. Like Jackie, Laura Jones, Socrates in this in this uh, spiritual lifetime. Gary and Cindy Renard, same thing. I mean, these people are amazing. I just think that the amount of money or whatever you want to charge is so minuscule in terms of what you get out of it i just find that there are so many amazing teachers or i don't even know if they call themselves teachers but they definitely authors they kind of like demonstrate and for me it's about somebody who can live their life and demonstrate it and not just talk about it there's a lot of like self-help gurus that make a lot of money, but I don't really follow them because I don't see them walking the talk. These guys, they walk the talk.
1: Yeah, it's all about the pure, non-dualistic thought system that oh, there's only love and that's it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, that's a great way to end this podcast. It was obviously a thrill to talk to you in your remote location and great to be back with you listeners. We will see you in a few weeks on our next podcast. And again, let us know if you have any questions or if you need suggestions for future episodes. You can always go to thecourseofcourse.blogspot.com.
1: And we're on Facebook and we're on iTunes. Absolutely. Thanks to the two people who made a comment on iTunes.
0: Yes, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> we got some pretty, pretty good feedback, so we do appreciate that. Thanks again, everyone. Look forward to our next meeting of The Course of Course. Peace to our minds. East to our minds. Goodbye, everyone.